0: Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy,
1: And I am Corbin Heller.
0: And uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. The world of sports has been lively for both um, happy reasons and sad. We will be concluding this episode talking about what happened with Kobe Bryant. Um, so if you don't feel like being sad, you are more than welcome to skip it. And we all understand. Um, but we're going to save that for the conclusion of the show for now. We have a little bit of baseball stuff to talk about, a little bit of football stuff to talk about, and uh, let's get on into it. All right. You want to start with um, some of the football news that we had?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so probably the biggest uh, of all these uh, is GM news. Andrew Barry uh, was hired as the new general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he is the former Eagles' vice president of football operations. Um, he will also be their uh, executive vice president of football operations with the Browns. Um, I'm I'm being honest. I did not know much about him before this hire, and honestly, I still don't. Um, he was an executive with the Cleveland Browns for 2016 to 2018. Their vice president of player personnel. Uh, and he was a scout with the Colts for six years before that. Um, you know, not a former player. Went to Harvard. So, you know, smarty smart. Um, it's, it's really hard to give an opinion on this without knowing more about him. He's not a name that's been in the news uh, really ever. Um, so this is one of those hires that... You really just have to wait and see because we don't have any any basis to you know jump to any conclusions on. So I don't dislike the hire. I don't love the hire. I think it's one of those almost uninspired hires when there were uh, just a lot of good candidates out there, uh, especially within the Cleveland Browns organization. Uh, guys like Elliot Wolf and whatnot. Um, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you, do you know who he is?
0: I have no idea who he is. I'm kind of, I'm entirely in the same boat as you. I'm hoping, uh, oh, all right. A couple of thoughts on that. I'm wondering, I should say, if the fact that we don't know who he is is a good thing or a bad thing. Because in the past, uh, Brown's ownership has long gone for the flashy candidate. And mm-hmm. it has sometimes worked out and it has sometimes not and more often not than has. So maybe the fact that we don't know who he is means that they didn't just go with a like surface level decision. They actually spent time trying to figure out who would be the best fit, regardless of uh, notoriety or appearing in headlines. So the fact that we don't know who he is could end up being really good for the Browns at the same time there's always the room for like, maybe we don't know who he is because he's just a blah dude. And he just knows the guys who own the Browns. Like, you know, this, this could just oh, yeah. be a, a NFL is a brotherhood kind of thing, uh, or a boys club, I should say. Hmm. And he's just a member of the good old boys club. So yeah, you're right. There's, there's really nothing to say about him at this juncture. We're going to have to wait a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where, um, I fucking already f- forgot my train of thought. Um, fuck me in the ass, dude. Um, <laughs> Goddamn, like i I had a thought. I wanted to say it, and I obviously forgot. Um,
0: like the Browns trying to win games. They just forgot. yeah exa-
1: exactly. Um, I guess we can come back to it if it comes back to me. Um, but, oh God, it's really pissing me off, but whatever. <laughs> we can Um, In other general manager news, Bill O'Brien, head coach of the Houston Texans, has been promoted to general manager. Um, I feel like this is something that is both surprising and not surprising. Um, He's kind of been the de facto general manager for them since they fired. Well, they didn't fire. He stepped down for family obligations, um, their last GM. Um and they went through the entirety of the twenty nineteen season without one and based off of you know the Laramie Tunsil and the Jadevian Clowney trades where they did not quite get the return that they could have with uh with both of those. I mean, I know we've talked in depth about both. I think Jadevian Clowney um they kinda sold him for pennies on the dollar um, and they had to pay out a lot just to be able to get Laramie Tunsil, which mixed feelings towards that. Um, It's definitely a player they needed, but without a, you know, without a GM running these trades, running these negotiations, it was, you know, interesting to see how they went about this, but he will now be their general manager. um, I guess in the Bill O'Brien mold of, coach and GM. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I honestly expected him to be fired after the season. Uh, he has had, still yeah. Who knows? I mean, I know I am biased towards him because he was the Penn state coach. while we went through the um, just infamous Jerry Sandusky scandal. Um, I will always hold him in my heart for that, but I can't say that. I don't think he has, made some just really bad coaching decisions and time management decisions throughout his career. And I thought that would be enough with, um, you know, the Titans failing to meet expectations to sorry, the Texans, not Titans um, to get him canned, And I guess it got him a promotion. So I, uh, I am uh, not entirely sure how, uh, how this will turn out, but it will definitely be interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what I have to say on it, honestly. Uh, I think I have even less to say on it than I do with the Brown situation. Um, O'Brien's spot seems to be f- tenuous right now is best at best, and this seems more born out of necessity than anything else. Mm-hmm. It, I, I could see like Texans ownership really liking Bill O'Brien and maybe putting him in a front office style role while they also fire him. <laughs> You know, like, get him out of the coaching job, but, like, hey, we want you to be our interim GM. and then when we hire a GM, we want you to be like an assistant GM, you know, like or like head of of scouting or like some type of player personnel type role because by all accounts, I'm pretty sure people genuinely do like Bill O'Brien. He's just not a great NFL head coach, mm-hmm. right? That seems to be my perception
1: I, right. I've never heard anything bad about him as a person as. A coach you know outside of game management and things like that um yeah it's just one of those things where i don't know how they're going to play this in the future um and it's going to be interesting
0: yeah yeah i think that's really all there is to say on it then
1: uh yeah all right uh should we move on to i guess we'll finish up coaching uh dante scarnecchia is retiring again uh, after nearly 30 years with the New England Patriots uh, as their offensive line coach, um, he's widely been considered, you know, along with Mike Munchak, as the de facto best offensive line uh, coach in the NFL. Um, you can see it with the the way the Patriots have been able to always have not quite dominant, but very, very good O line without significant investment into capital. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see how this affects the team. Um, I can't imagine that their offensive line is just going to fall off a cliff, but I do think it's going to be something to watch, especially with Tom, Bra- Tom Brady being older, um, to see how well that protection holds up. Um, and that's really all I got to say on that.
0: Yeah, uh I, this is one of the, I feel like having a great offensive line is both an um obvious while also understated piece of football mm. because when it is genuinely good, it's not an easy thing to notice all the time, but the Patriots have had a phenomenal O-line literally my entire life and it's <laughs> frustrating as fuck. So uh Dante Scarnacci go fuck yourself. <laughs> I hope retirement is terrible.
1: Uh we can only hope uh, so last in the docket for the NFL, uh reports are coming out that the uh San Diego, not the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers are <laughs> moving on from Philip Rivers. Um, which again, I have I have mixed feelings towards this because while I think it's the smart football decision to make, uh it's Philip Rivers, and I really want to see him retire with the Chargers, and I, I wanted to see him find success there you know more than more than he did um, in San Diego and Los Angeles I hope he retires as a charger I hope he doesn't just kind of teeter around as a as a backup um, maybe get into coaching and be a a mentor for whoever the chargers bring in in the draft or in free agency but um,
0: I believe he did already move to Florida really yeah because I think that's where he's from
1: uh, but he did
0: uh, already I, move back there.
1: He is. He went to North Carolina State, NC State. Um, he's from Alabama.
0: Oh no! Athens, uh, I, High I, Alabama. I had saw a, a headline and I read a few quotes that said that he moved his family to Florida, which is like weird because he was so adamant about never leaving San Diego. Right. And, uh, he was like, "I don't want to comment about like my future in football at this time. Just time to get my family." Or be near other, maybe his parents moved to Florida. There's something about family being in Florida. Um, Which,
1: you know, you can't hold that against anyone, you know? No, no. Family comes first.
0: You know what would be hilarious in a time as a flat circle way?
1: He signs with Miami.
0: No, he signs with the Giants. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That would never happen for a myriad of reasons. But if Philip Rivers ended ended his career as a Giant, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be um man I think, I think eli fans would be the most upset about that i don't know why but i feel like they would just riot for some unknown reason about loyalty and this is bullshit and whatever i feel like they would not take that well
0: for anyone unaware <laughs> um uh, philip rivers was drafted by the giants and eli manning was drafted by the chargers and then Eli Manning held out until he was traded and those two teams just swapped quarterbacks.
1: Um yeah, that was that was a great little little NFL storyline. I wish I was, you know, conscientious of at the time. Like I was alive, but I definitely wasn't following it. Um so famously Archie Manning uh just I think he played for the Chargers back in the day uh, at the end of his career and just did not get along with the owners of the Chargers and just knew how shitty they were as NFL owners and just did not want Eli to have to go through uh, the bullshit that Philip Rivers has gone through throughout his entire career um, and just kind of was like, Eli, you know, you don't have to hold out. This is your choice, but, dude, this is going to fucking suck if you go play for the Chargers
0: so apparently he never archie manning never played for the chargers so, but i do know that he had problems with chargers ownership so i'm wondering if it was just like they had a reputation
1: uh i you know archie manning was around long enough in the nfl where i'm yeah. sure he would have had plenty of time to kind of i don't want to say mingle but be acquainted with
0: i think mingle's a fair owners. Word. yeah yeah i mean he was he's been in the nfl as a player since 1971 and then As a father, since today. So, like, he's been in the NFL for literally almost 50 years, I'm sure, or at least 35 by the time Eli started to go into football. So, I'm sure he knew what he was talking about.
1: Any yeah. anything else do, football related? Do you want to go over Philip Rivers' stats, or do you want to wait until he actually announces his retirement or change Let, and all that?
0: Yeah, let's wait till he officially announces it because I'd hate to do a whole retirement thing and then he he signs with um Cincinnati or some shit.
1: Gotcha. Well, no, I guess they'll get they'll yeah.
0: draft Joe Burrow, but well, yeah.
1: I mean, who better to have a as a mentor for Joe Burrow than Philip Rivers?
0: feel the thrill man
1: yeah i don't think he ever would because i don't know why phil would want to fucking go to cincinnati move his family there or deal with that commute but you never know
0: you never know
1: uh so you want to take us into baseball
0: i do i want to start with something i wasn't anticipating but um i think mookie betts listens to our podcast because apparently Apparently, he is currently requesting a 12-year, $420 million contract.
1: Wow. Which is the exact Wait.
0: thing you and I had debated about, like, what, a few well, weeks ago?
1: What's the dollar amount?
0: 12-year, $420 million. So it would be about oh. $35 million a year. Uh,
1: eat your hat, sir.
0: Which is, again, the exact thing you and I were debating about, like, <laughs> yeah. three or four weeks ago.
1: Mookie, could you just give us a sign if you do listen? You don't have to, like... Come out and tweet about it. You don't have to come on the podcast. Just just shoot us a DM. We won't post it. We just we wanna know. Oh, can you imagine the level of self
0: control it would take for us to get a a DM from a pro baseball player and not tell literally
1: everyone? Um I think we would have to keep it to ourselves because, you know, we are honorable men, but fuck. I wanna shout it from a mountaintop. Ugh. But yeah, let's dig into this
0: no i'm not I'm not sure what there is to really dig into. I just kind of wanted to share it because it's just so funny that we were having that exact conversation of the other day. i I still maintain my position that I just don't think he gets it. Um, I could see, and like I said in our in our debate about it, I could see in some world him getting ten years thirty five for three fifty. Mm-hmm. but I think those extra two years, his age, I think, Either his age thirty nine and forty season or his age forty and forty one season. I forget which one it would be. Um, that that's a tough spot. That that that's. Yeah. I don't think a team would have a problem with thirty five per year, which again was like the point of our debate. Right. Uh, I think that I think at this point that it'll just be over years. So AAV wise, uh, probably probably in that in that range. Uh, years wise, I think he'll probably miss out on. But that's like the debate of every contract these days is no mm-hmm. longer. um dollars it's now term so
1: we'll see you know what he's asking for that contract which is all i need to say i was right uh suck my ass justified one at a time sir one at a time (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right well so i thought i would have a little bit of fun with the the player index as i've been going through it because it's a lot of fun and everyone should um so i wanted to look up which players had the highest war in a season in which they hit fewer than 10 home runs or 10 or fewer home runs. I should say.
1: Josh. Yeah. Uh sorry. You cut out there for a sec. Sorry.
0: Uh, so if you had to get, so f- first off when I did this, there was a lot of people from like the early 1900s, you know, you know, uh, yeah, just, just you know, less home runs. Ty Cobb was there. Uh, Honus, Ra- Honus Wagner, I think, was on top of the leaderboard. My boy. And as much as, like, that is still interesting, I figured let's keep this relevant to today. So I set the uh, minimum year I think, 1960. And who... I, I guarantee you, you know all five of the top five uh, on this list for single-season war, greatest single-season war, with, while hitting... 10 or fewer home runs. Do you have any guesses as to who some of these names are?
1: Um, I'm going to guess Ricky Henderson.
0: He is there. He's number 4 with an 8.8 WAR season in 1980 while hitting only 9 home runs. His OPS, you might ask, 820.
1: <laughs> with 9 home runs.
0: <laughs> with 9 home runs.
1: Yikes. Wow, that's cuz it cuz he just that's so fucking fast. <laughs> All right. Um, Ichiro?
0: Ichiro is number one. How much war do you think he put up in a season in 2004 in which he only hit eight home runs?
1: Nine.
0: 9.2. Are, are you looking at this? It's 9.2. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm a genius.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's 9.2. Ichiro put up 9.2 war in 2004. He hit eight home runs. He led the league that year in war. He led the league in plate appearances, at bats, hits, and intentional walks and batting average. That season he had a 372 batting average. He had but, an OP he had an OPS plus of uh 130, an OPS of 869. Finished seventh in MVP voting.
1: That's crazy that a guy who is notorious for just you know slapping up some singles you know 250 times a season is leading the league in intentional walks
0: yeah so the weird the thing that makes it so weird because you might be saying to yourself well you know hits are deadly and walks aren't as deadly and extra base hits are deadly Um, but singles to walks is the same amount of bases now maybe Ichiro just got up with like a lot of guys on base already, which right. seems kind of improbable for the 0-4 Mariners. Uh, but outside of that, like you're allotting the you're allowing the same number of bases to this one runner because in in that 2004 season, Ichiro had 262 hits. He had 24 doubles, which like isn't a ton. Th- uh, three triples, which I mean they're just so improbable already, and eight home runs, which is nothing. So of his 262 hits, uh, 37 of them were for extra bases. So the other 225 of them were just singles.
1: Man, he he was such a fun player, man.
0: He led the league in intentional walks three times, actually. 2002, when he was intentionally walked 27 times. And then 2009, when he was intentionally walked 15.
1: That's, uh, wow. Ichiro... I, I want. I wanted, <laughs> I really wanted Jose Altuve to be like the next Ichiro with that same style. And I think he was kind of the, that, you know, 2014, 2015, whatever it was when he had his monster season with like 250 hits. He kind of was that with home runs, but it's never been something that he's kind of, you know, kept up with to the same degree. And it just, it just shows how amazing each row was to be able to do that for so long
0: yeah that's the real thing such a long time doing it literally into his 40s Mm -hmm. uh when he did this that he was 30 Uh, so (laughs) the three players you're missing you got number one the number one season and the number four season the number two season is wade boggs 9.1 war eight home runs in 1985 uh with boston R.I.P. Wade Boggs that year. He led the league in plate appearances, hits, batting average, and on base percentage. Lenny Dykstra comes in at number three, 8.9 war season in uh, 1990. He only hit nine home runs with Philadelphia. He led the league that year in hits and on base percentage and not batting average, which is funny. Uh, Ricky (laughs) Henderson, you got at number four and number five was Tony Gwynn. Uh, his oh, okay. 1987 season he had 8.6 war he had 7 home runs and he led baseball or say led the league in uh hits and batting average. And guess what his OPS was? With his uh, with his 7 7 home runs
1: 869
0: Uh this is Tony Gwynn's 1987 season. His bat his OPS was uh 958 what the for fuck? a 158 OPS plus? What? Yeah. How, what? So he had 218 hits, okay? That that most in baseball that year. 36 doubles, which is a fair number, 13 <laughs> triples and seven home runs. Fuck, dude. And a 370 batting average, which led all of baseball.
1: That's insane. Yeah. Yes it is. I, Tony fucking Gwynn, man. I, yeah, I got nothing to say. This is just uh, numbers that I know we talk about baseball numbers a lot because there's so many to talk about Um, and I understand the math behind these specific numbers we're talking about. I just do not understand how we could get to that point without any home runs.
0: I know. That's the fucking Just astonishing part of it. Can I blow your mind real quick?
1: I love it when you blow me.
0: Oh, didn't like that. Uh, (laughs) Tony Gwynn never won MVP. Really? 15-time All-Star, 5-time Gold Glove, 7-time Silver Slugger, 8-time batting title. When batting titles were like still a really big deal, never won it. I don't think he ever finished top five. No, he has one top five finish. He finished third in nineteen eighty four, and that's it.
1: Uh, I mean, I'd have to see like who he lost to before I could say like how outrageous. Because you know, obviously, if he's losing to fucking Barry Bonds and Babe Ruth every year, it's like okay, I could kind of see why he would miss out. But he's not even getting top five votes. Eight time batting champion, you said.
0: Yeah, so the eight times he he won the batting title, uh, 1984, he finished number three, bat 351, and then 87, he bat 370. He finished eighth in MVP voting. Uh, let's let's see who won that the, those years. So in 1984, uh, Ryan, not Ryan, Ryan, R-Y-N-E, Sandberg of Chicago won uh, the MVP. Uh, he had 8.6 war, which was more than Tony Gwynn. Because Tony hit a lot of home, um, uh, singles, not a lot of home runs. Uh, his batting line that year, 314, 367, 520, and 887 OPS. Okay, that feels fine. Yeah. Um, and then he lost... Uh, uh, the winner of the, the 87 MVP was Andre Dawson, who we just actually talked about last week, or this past week, um, uh, well, when he was with Chicago. With, with a four war <laughs> what what four war all right hold on how did he get this award 153 games 621 at bats 90 runs 178 hits ah 49 home runs 137 rbis that 49 home runs must have like been it yo he hit he hold on he hit 49 home runs and his ops was below 900
1: i don't i I don't understand OPS anymore.
0: Meanwhile, Tony Gwynn that year hit 7 home runs and had an OPS of 958.
1: Uh math is confusing.
0: Tony Gwynn, oh my god, that that's just that's just Tony Gwynn led the league in WAR that year by the way. Just just to make it more fucking confusing. Um all right, then I I, don't, I can't even go through all this. It's all right. it's oh, the only one. I, the only other one I want to look at is the is the year Tony Gwynn batted three ninety four and came zero sorry point zero zero six points shy of batting four hundred and finished seventh in MVP voting. Um, uh, what? yes, that year he finished behind Jeff Bagwell who won it, um, and then Matt Williams, Moises Alou, Barry Bonds, Greg Maddox, and Mike Piazza. Uh, Jeff Bagwell won it 110 games, 400 at bats, 104 runs, 147 hits, 39 home runs, 116 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, 65 walks, a 368 batting average, 451 on base percentage, 750 slugging for a 1201 OPS, which is very good. 8.2 war, also very good.
1: But damn. Yeah, um, Tony Gwynn, you might be the unluckiest man in baseball.
0: Yeah, straight up. Damn. Okay. Um, anyway, other notable names on this list: Wade Boggs appears a fuck ton because Wade Boggs never hit a lot of home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wade Boggs on this list. This is most war with ten or fewer home runs. Wade Boggs on this list. Uh, the number two season, number seven, number eight, number eleven. Number 12. (laughs) Uh, Those are the only ones in the top 20. But he has, yeah, he's he's here a lot. Uh, Wade Boggs, not a lot of home runs in his career. Uh, 118. Wade Boggs played for 18 years and has 118 home runs. He has, in fact, he has only two seasons over 10 home runs. 1994 where he hit 11 and 1987 when he hit 24.
1: Probably because he was so drunk all the time.
0: And then then, then that's what killed him.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What was it? 72 uh, 72 drinks on a domestic flight?
0: Yeah, from uh, East Coast to West Coast, I think.
1: Yeah, Philly to LA, man.
0: All right. The most current player in the top 20 is from 20. Is the most current season, I should say, is from
1: 2015. Who do you think that player is? 2015 under
0: 2015
1: 10 home runs 10 or fewer okay so it's going to be exactly 10 yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) gotcha um uh fuck i don't know i'll guess who jose altuve it is not it is kevin kiermeyer really put up 7.5
0: war um, 7.5 war, 10 home runs, and led the league in absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, he f- led the league in fucking wet panties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> um, Brett Gardner, also on this list at number 19, his 2010 season, in which he hit five home runs, but amassed 7.4 war. That, uh. That- lorenzo kane's 2018 season in which he hit 10 home runs and put up 6.9 war also among the more more recent ones on this list and uh yeah i just thought that was kind of cool
1: yeah this was this was a fun little search that you did here josh
0: well now corbin i'd like to present to you the opposite of this search which is (laughs) most home uh sorry most negative war while hitting at least 30 home
1: runs (laughs) chris davis
0: Chris Crush Davis, I don't see. No. Uh, So this one, I didn't have to put a time restriction on. Like I didn't have to set it to 1960 because there just wasn't a lot of home run hitters before then. So this is pretty easy. Um, There are uh, 13 negative numbers on this list. There are 13 player seasons in which that player hit at least 30 home runs, and yet their war was still negative.
1: Jack Cust uh it's a g- interesting guess but no he's not here yeah that would have been wild if he was on this
0: this is a weird fucking list i'm just gonna say that off the bat
1: just for like, reference people listening jack Cust is both of our former bosses well he, cur- josh's current boss kind of kind of yeah uh, yeah he's he's, he's he's a guy
0: um i'm not confident how many of these names you're gonna know corwin
1: um well, well, actually, shit. you
0: definitely know one of them because <laughs> we just talked about him.
1: Barry Bonds.
0: Oh no, Barry Bonds is too good for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the worst, the worst season by by WAR for a player that hit over thirty home runs was Dante Bichette's nineteen ninety nine season, in which he hit thirty four home runs and amassed negative two point three WAR. What? Ha- what? Yeah. Dante Bichette, I believe, if I recall correctly, is a noted, terrible fielder. Uh,
1: I feel like he'd have to be. Dante um,
0: Bichette, real quick. Dante Bichette played for 14 years, okay? He led the league in all of these things at some point or another. Uh, games, which is mis, mis- uh, disingenuous. Uh, at-bats, hits twice, home runs, RBIs, slugging, total bases, and and uh, yeah, and he hit lifetime 274 home runs. What do you think his career war is?
1: 13. 5.7. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How bad of a fielder does he have to be?
0: Dante Bichette amassed in 14 seasons, negative 16.2 D war. Holy fuck, dude. You know, what's crazy is he started his career in the AL, which has, you know, the DH and then moved to the NL, which does not.
1: Why? Why would any team in the National League be like, I want that guy in our field 162 games? (laughs) What?
0: I know. I Uh, know.
1: You know what? At least Bo's better.
0: Yo, God, so much. Yeah. How fucking terrible is that? Um, Dante, uh, second worst season. I do not know who this is offhand, but he played rather recently. Mike Jacobs and his oh, yeah. shut up. It's 2008 <laughs> season for the Florida Marlins, hit 32 home runs, put up negative two war. Mike Jacobs apparently only played for seven years, uh, 2005 to 2012. And has a total negative 2.4 war. Um, And yet has 100 home runs.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, I have no words to describe how I feel towards finding out how good and bad some baseball players are at their jobs.
0: Yeah, dude. This is just a weird fucking list. All right. So next up is Dave Kingman and his 1986 season. He hit 37 home runs and put up negative one WAR. Dave Kingman, uh, 17 career WAR in 16 years in the MLB.
1: <laughs> okay, I was like, oh, 17. That's pretty. Oh no, one per year. That's not great. So
0: he was average. Uh, then we have Tony Armas in his 1983 season, negative 0.8 WAR, yet hit 36 home runs. Uh, Tony Armas. 15.9 career war in 14 years.
1: <laughs> crazy little, uh, crazy little, uh, what's the, uh, fuck it, whatever, <laughs> words are hard.
0: We are getting slowly towards names that I think you might know that I, I know, I know. Uh, but next one up, I still don't know is Leon Wagner in 1964 with Cleveland. He hit 31 home runs, negative 0.6 war a lifetime war of 11.9 in 12
1: seasons. It's like a 60 grade name. I'll give him that though.
0: Yeah. Next up is Yasmani Tomas. His 19, uh, I'm sorry. His 2016 campaign with the Arizona diamondbacks. I do not remember this year at all. 31 home runs, negative 0.5 war lifetime war for Yasmani Tomas. You might be asking (laughs) negative (laughs) 2.5. He played the MLB for, four years 2015 2016 2017 not 2018 and then four years four games in 2019 uh i'm assuming he won't be back uh then we have joe carter and not the good one the other one (laughs) (laughs) because apparently there's two because i was super confused i saw joe carter um in canada and it's not him uh it's the other joe carter in canada 1996 with toronto he hit 30 home runs negative 0.5 war joe carter the outfielder 19.6 career war in 16 seasons jesus all right now a name corwin knows number eight Rugnet odor
1: hey that odor, completely number
0: eight and 11 on this list <laughs> yeah, he hit 30 home runs in 2017 for negative 0.4 war and then in 2019, he hit 30 home runs and put up negative 0.3 war, which means if you put his 2019 and 2017 campaigns together, he hit 60 home runs was
1: and was useless. Negative
0: 0.7 war.
1: And <laughs> was fucking useless. That's that amazing. sounds like the Rugneto door that I know. Well, oh, uh, Loves a short word.
0: Yeah. An- another player that you know that we also just talked about recently uh, Adam Dunn. <laughs>
1: I should, have, I should have guessed that he was going to be on here.
0: Yeah, he is. He hit 38 home runs in 09, negative 0.4. Adam Dunn, you fell <laughs> off the ballot uh, in your first year.
1: Not uh, a Hall of Famer.
0: Uh, there's some really interesting names on this list. Randall Gritchick is here. Fran Reyes is here. Um, Tony Bautista? No relation, I'm assuming. Uh, Matt Kemp is here. <laughs> uh, sure. But, yeah. Ooh, Ken Griffey Jr. is here.
1: Now that's interesting.
0: Two thousand seven with Cincinnati, he was thirty-seven years old. He had thirty home runs and zero point seven WAR. Hmm. Hmm.
1: That's um. That's not the Ken Griffey that I know and love.
0: No, no, that's the that's the sad Ken Griffey. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Here's a fun one. Dante Bichette. Uh. Again. He, he in 1995 with Colorado he hit 40 home runs which led the which led the National League. He had 197 hits which led the National League. 128 RBIs which led the National League and a slugging of 620 which led you guessed it the National League. Um he also bat 340 and had an OPS of 984. What and and fewer than 100 strikeouts. <laughs> wow. What do you think his war was that year?
1: Uh 0.3. 1.2. Wow. Could you imagine not a DH?
0: I I know because his hitting numbers are genuinely good. He's just like a comically bad fielder. Good position. 40 home uh left field. Which is by far like supposedly I should say the one of the two easiest positions on the diamond left field and yeah. first base
1: that's i i dante i'm not saying you should have spoken up but dude you probably could have helped out your uh, career and hall of fame numbers if you just were like hey just only let me play half the game Place.
0: in fact there are uh, at least two other players who led the league that year in home runs that are also on this list that you don't want to be on um both of their names are hilarious one of which is dave kingman who we talked about already he had 37 home runs in 1982 and put up 0.1 war <laughs> Oof, oof.
1: <laughs> solid oof
0: and then chris carter when he was on Milwaukee, Chris Carter, who now plays Mexican baseball, <laughs> no longer plays in the U.S., really? yeah, he had 41 home runs in uh, 2016, led the National League, uh, played with Milwaukee, 0.9 war. He struck out 216 times that year.
1: <laughs> Chris Carter, man, what a name I've heard like five times in my life, but his just such an odd career all around. He used to swing with his eyes closed. All right, hold on. One last one. Okay.
0: Ah, uh, sorry. Actually, there's two. Um, two more players who led the league in, in home runs that year that are on this list. Uh 2008's Ryan Howard, for the uh of the Philadelphia Phillies, he hit 48 home runs that year. Led all the base. Led sorry, led the National League. One point eight WAR. No way. And then Mark Trumbo of the Baltimore Orioles, because of course they have to be on this list. In 2016, hit 47 home runs, 1.9 WAR.
1: It's still funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, real quick, you know what's amazing about about this list of players who who led the league in home runs and have, are but still on this list? What almost all of them all of them except for Mark Trumbo National Leaguers
1: Yeah that's well I guess that shows how bad Mark Trumbo was
0: Yeah well then, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to argue Uh but straight up like this this is another reason why the National League should adopt the DH because there are some bats out there that are really really talented um like a Dante Bichette kind of who mm-hmm. are just like Dante Bichette's war would literally be doubled if it wasn't for his defense. Could you imagine that? Like yeah. his war would literally be twice as much. That's how bad his defense was. <laughs> Cause you don't just get to remove the negative O war that your pitcher is producing. You also get to remove the negative D war that your shittiest best hitter is, is producing. And like, that could be significant.
1: Uh, I really would be upset that we'd be losing out on like Zach Grinke batting. Well, but hey, he's really in the American
0: it. League now, so yeah, he's not even going to bat. Anymore. True. We
1: we already lost out on that, so I have I have nothing to defend. Fuck them all.
0: Fuck them all to death.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, you. Uh, that's all I really have for baseball. You want to talk about some football stuff?
1: We already talked about some football stuff, Josh. Uh,
0: I I mean, I have a Super Bowl odds stuff.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, all right um
1: how specific Dude, i really thought we were stuck in like a recursive cycle
0: oh we 100 percent are did you not want to be that's all i have <laughs> i am recursive <laughs> all
1: right let's talk odds
0: let's talk so i have my bookie open right now which is a website it's not my bookie he's not opening up to me you know we are we are we're just looking at a computer screen um Let's see. What do we want to look at here? I want to look at Super Bowl 54 odds. All right. As of right now, uh, the, 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 what is this? Just the score? Yeah. No, the spread for uh, this game has San Francisco plus two, Kansas City minus two. Money line is San Francisco plus 100, Kansas City minus 125. And the over under is 55 and a
1: half. Ah, man! I I have not looked into these bets enough to really say where I will put the uh put my money um fifty five and a half is is kind of high. I really want to take the over on it though. I was life's, thinking
0: the same thing.
1: Life's too short to bet the under, and I feel like these teams are gonna go off um somehow. um. The spread, um, I mean, Kansas City minus two, I'm definitely going to take San Francisco there. Um, and I honestly don't really bet money line, so I'm just going to avoid it.
0: Yeah, for anyone who's unaware, the spread is literally just how far apart these teams' final scores are going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. money line is just who wins. So if you pick the money line bet on San Francisco, you're just saying, I think San Fran will win the game. Mm -hmm. And then over under is exactly how it sounds. Do you think that the score will be over 55 and a half or under 55 and a half? And if you're saying, why is there a half? It's because imagine you pick the over on 55 and then it was exactly 55. Well, everyone who bet the over doesn't win. Everyone who bet the under doesn't win. So someone's got to win. So that's why there's a hook. There's that half.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And then for the spread, um, just so you know, like if – so Kansas City is minus two. So in order to put money on Kansas City and win, they have to win by more than two points.
0: Yes. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying.
1: No problemo.
0: Let's look at some prop bets. Um, Let's see what the prop bet is right now for Super Bowl MVP. All right. Um, Patrick Mahomes is at plus 100. Jimmy Garoppolo... Really? Jimmy? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Garoppolo plus 350. Uh, Raheem Mostert at plus 700. That's an interesting one. Um, Damian Williams at plus 1,200. George Kittle at plus 1,800. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are both sitting at plus 2,000 here.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: This with the is quarterbacks tough. feels very safe.
1: Yeah. I feel like Pat Mahomes is not... Worth the plus 100 bet. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is my dark horse for winning this, but him being at plus 350 is it's annoying that it's that low. I was hoping he'd be, uh, you know, a little higher, but again, there's two quarterbacks, so obviously they're probably gonna be one and two. Uh, George Kittle at plus 1800, I think, is a sneaky good bet. Same with Travis Kelsey, um, and then. Um, maybe Tevin Coleman at plus six thousand. I don't know. There's a there's a lot of a lot of decent ones on here, and then you know, defensive players winning the MVP is definitely a lot more common than actual MVP, obviously. But I think there's just too much, too much variance there to really be able to say uh, significantly.
0: Give me that sweet, sweet kyle use at plus plus twenty thousand.
1: yes sir
0: uh for anyone unaware of what this plus and minus nonsense is so uh jimmy garoppolo is at plus 350 right now what that means is that if you bet a hundred dollars on jimmy garoppolo winning super bowl mvp you would get back 350 dollars yes if it was minus 350 what that's saying is that you need to bet $350 if you want to make back $100.
1: Well, to profit $100.
0: Yes, sorry, so sorry. You would get right. your money to,
1: back plus this.
0: Yes, no, you're right. I should yeah. Bad word choice on my part. Yes, to no profit worries, $100, no to make $100. I'll we'll put it that way. Um so typically the plus means that your bet has a lower chance of happening, which is why it has a better payoff. Minus means that it's like it has a better chance of happening so it has a lower payoff that's just that's just all that means yes yes it's just all right let's look at um national anthem what is the what 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 can you bet on the national anthem
1: oh length over under a minute 52 seconds
0: wager cut off hold on hold on oh color of demi lovato's primary outfit color wow okay all right black plus 125 red plus 200 blue plus 300 gray and green plus sorry gray plus 500 green and pink plus 800 that's hilarious
1: do not bet on this
0: oh everyone bet on this
1: do Uh, not bet on this
0: (laughs) yo why 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 do you think it's more likely she wears red than blue or 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 blue than gray i would think i i I would think gray is such a normal color
1: i I have no idea
0: i don't know either uh, the over under is 123.5 seconds. Do you take the over or the under on that? So it's just over
1: two minutes. Uh, take the over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone hams it up for the Super Bowl.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think she did this for another event like this before, and it was like two two minutes, 15 seconds. So I would, I would take the over.
0: Okay. That's fair. Oh, they have a bunch of over unders on the time. Uh, Demi Lovato's hair color, uh, uh, completely black or any other colors or highlights? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, completely black is at a minus 215. Other colors is at plus
1: 165. They have it. They have it. Whether or not her microphones on a stand. I was about to say on that. one. Stand. What the fuck, man? Ooh. Will a player take a knee? No. Will a player raise a fist? Wow, no player takes a knee -1500. Yeah. Do not take that bet. <laughs>
0: oh, bet your $1500. Which will be shown first? 49ers player or coach or Chiefs player or coach?
1: Oh man. They're both -120, which is Dude, weird.
0: these are so specific. Hold on. Yeah. Length of last word of the anthem. 5.5 seconds over under.
1: If, it's got to be under, dude. Brave is...
0: And the home of the brave. That was about five seconds. What do you think?
1: <laughs> um, Your singing was so bad, your mic cut out during you singing Brave. Beautiful. I love it. But like... <laughs> uh, know, it, five, five seconds
0: isn't that much, right?
1: I feel like the Whitney Houston or like the... Where they like go up and down octaves is the only way it would go f- over five and a half seconds. I don't know. I don't listen to Demi Lovato. All
0: right, this is the last anthem one I'm going to read because this is hilarious, and I could keep doing this forever, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> Will any team have a scoring drive that takes less time than the national anthem? Yes or no?
1: I, I, I can't even focus because of the one underneath it.
0: Will Will Demi Demi Lovato enter rehab
1: rehab within 30 days of Super Bowl? Wow. Fuck anyone who bets on this.
0: Wow. What? Oh, my God. That's awful.
1: People are fucking pieces of shit.
0: At the same time, that no is just such a good bet.
1: Uh, The yes is uh, negative 1,000, though. I don't I mean, want to I, risk a thousand dollars on this.
0: She ain't gonna go back to rehab.
1: I know, uh, but at the same time, that's uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
0: Are there any other props uh, you want to look
1: at? Uh I definitely want to look now. Oh, commercial props. There's okay. I kinda just want to go through all of these. That's uh, what I'm saying,
0: but we definitely can't.
1: Uh will a gay couple be featured in a commercial?
0: Oh yes, one hundred percent.
1: Um uh will anyone what? with a with
0: a yarmulke uh be oh, in yeah that's like the traditional okay. yiddish spelling of yarmulke
1: okay i i was confused by what that was
0: anyone wearing a yarmulke in a commercial i take the no on that yeah i'm going with all the safe bets though
1: how many commercials will include a dog over under three and a half? Pound the over pound yeah. the over
0: yeah it definitely feels like an over situation
1: um man uh it's like which it's a bunch of these is like which one will f- come first which will come first these are kind of boring um how
0: many commercials will run during the super bowl over under 92 and a
1: half uh f- i don't know
0: Ooh, that's a that's a great question i kind of want to count now
1: first during couple first couple shown in a commercial parlay Gay plus interracial, not gay plus interracial, gay, not interracial, not gay, not interracial. Yikes.
0: Will uh number of times Bloomberg's commercial will say Trump over under two.
1: <laughs> um, so I've moved over to halftime show. Okay. And... Will Jennifer Lopez or Shakira have an outfit malfunction? Will yes, they kiss? God,
0: yes, God, yeah, will oh, they yes. Kiss?
1: Will they show butt cleavage? <laughs> <laughs> will Alex Rodriguez be shown during halftime?
0: These feel like hopes more than possibilities.
1: Right? Will DJ Khaled make an appearance? He um, is everywhere. Will Jay Z be shown? How many wardrobe changes for J Lo? Over, under two and a half? Yes. Will Shakira and Jay Lopez twerk during the show?
0: Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. We have stuff on the Gatorade shower, on the color.
0: Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to rein this in a little bit
1: uh, because, oh, my
0: God, this is amazing. But I'm now in uh, prop bets for for touchdowns, and it has here the least likely outcomes and thus the best um, (laughs) odds for the Chiefs. Scoring touchdowns is will Daniel Helm? Sorry, San Francisco scoring touchdowns. Will Daniel Helm score a touchdown? Jordan Matthews or Lev, Levine Tylolo, Tylolo
1: Oh, Levine Tylolo Any of those um, guys you
0: see so, scoring a touchdown?
1: No. Uh, all, all right. <laughs> Definitely not something I'd put my money on.
0: Would like, you put money on any of um? Players score two or more touchdowns. Anthony Sherman, Blake Bell, Byron Pringle? Dion Uh, Yelder, Jeffrey Wilson, Ross Dwelly, Daniel Helmick, again. Jordan Matthews or Levine Tylolo.
1: Maybe Byron Pringle, but otherwise, no.
0: All right, players will score three touchdowns or more. It's all the same players.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not.
0: But what, now would you take Damian Williams throwing uh, or, or getting three touchdowns?
1: He, I I wouldn't take him scoring that, but he would probably be the only person out of those guys who I could even conceivably see scoring three
0: who actually passing touchdowns do not count towards this wager. This is rushing touchdowns
1: only. Oh, not even receiving. Oh yeah, probably. Oh,
0: oh ooh, actually, no way. That might make more sense receiving touchdowns but not passing touchdowns. I didn't think about that.
1: Oh, got it, got it, got it.
0: Actually, yeah. Tyreek Hill sitting here at plus 2000. That's not a that's not an awful bet, honestly. See the George Kittle sitting there at plus 3300. I'm just saying, um, I'm not going to yeah. do it. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to put 10 it's bucks deep down deep. on Tyreek Hill getting three touchdowns, you you could you can make a cool 200 bucks there.
1: <laughs> All right. Um can you uh can we finish this off? like we can go over more, but can we please finish it off on the special props page because I'm gonna lose it if i if I don't get to say these on the podcast? Let's do it um, <laughs> uh, will an Ep- and Epstein didn't kill himself sign be shown yes, plus five hundred no negative a thousand. give me yes. <laughs> Um, number of women to claim sleeping with Jimmy G during Super Bowl week over under one. Oh, definitely Um, over. Will an animal appear in the field? No birds, yes or no? Will a fan run on the field? Yes or no? No, um, NFL players in the stands to be shown on TV. Oh,
0: 100%. Oh. Over four and a half.
1: Got it. Will D Ford line up offsides? Is that something he does? <laughs> yes. Oh. Number of players arrested in Miami after the game over Ooh, under 0. 0.5. I like that one. Will Julia Rose or Lauren Summer be shown flashing? Uh crossed. Yes. I I would put significant money on yes. Um
0: will OJ Simpson attend the game?
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, Will anyone say they're going to Disney World? Yes, obviously they're going to say that. They say it every year.
0: Will game be delayed 15 plus minutes for any reason?
1: Hmm. Uh, Will Shanahan or Lynch get extension within one week? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. I would put my money on yes. Um, Will Kaepernick be mentioned during Super Bowl? uh, Oh, yes. I think he will be. Uh, Will Mike Bloomberg predict the winner before the game? Uh, uh, Sure. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Will any player finish with exactly 69 yards?
0: Will either team convert a 4 and 20? All
1: right. I just want to say uh, the yes is plus 690, which is fucking hilarious. (laughs) That's wow. That's great. (laughs) Any player to solicit prostitute during Super Bowl week? Yes. Plus 700. But like how
0: long a wager cut off February 2nd. Oh, to bet. But like, how long does it take for like, if it comes out like three years later that Jimmy G fucked a hooker? Like
1: what? Uh, I quote, will Lizzo show up in a disgusting thong? (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Will there be a double doink? (laughs) Why do people not talk about these things more? This is hilarious. Will Troy Aikman mention his Super Bowl experience? (laughs) Um, (sighs) Video of Andy Reid doing the punt pass kick to show. Oh,
0: definitely. Yes. Please. Comes up every postseason.
1: Oh, my God. This was the most fun I've had on this show in a while. These are so fucking hilarious.
0: Man, it really goes to show though you can bet on literally anything.
1: Yeah, man. This is great. I'm could so you, so Could happy. you
0: imagine genuinely winning money if Demi
1: Lovato went back to rehab? Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's yeah, yeah, I could. Wow. Wow. <sighs> that shit. <laughs> Alright, I need to compose myself.
0: <laughs> you good, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> will Lizzo show up in a disgusting fog.
0: <laughs> that one that one got you, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah it did. I don't want to move on to our next topic.
0: I know. I, I know. We have to though.
1: Yeah. Um Kobe Bryant passed away this past week, age 41. Um we won't go over the details because it's, you know, by the time this comes out tomorrow and uh you know, it's it's been the only thing really being covered on sports shows for the past couple days uh and everyone knows the details, you know. So, we won't dive into those. Um this is just kind of we'll talk about his stats, we'll talk about his accolades. And you know we'll we'll talk about just how much how much he meant to us and how much this means to to sports in general. Um, Josh and I were talking about this before we started the show, and you know, we emphasize that, you know we we talk about how much we just really aren't aren't basketball fans this way we are, you know, with football or baseball. It's just one of those sports neither of us ever. You know truly got into neither of us have a passion for it. But we both agreed that that his passing hit us um just so significantly harder than we either of us could probably ever imagine. Um, which really, it's it just goes to show how much he brought to sports, not just you know the sport of basketball, but who he was and the role model he was, and just how much he added to just sports in general um he was just he was a player uh who was the top of his game the best of his generation um but he was also uh he was um, i don't how do i want to put this he was an ambassador to the game uh in a way that other players you know outside of lebron james haven't been Um, he's done so much for you know the people of los angeles the people of philadelphia you know it's it's hard losing a man where throughout all of this there has been not one negative thing brought up about him at all um especially in a in a time where you know people do love having their 15 minutes of fame people love you know bringing things up and you know it's it's a lot more open to people bringing up negative experiences and the fact that you know Kobe Bryant had you know his his case in the past but to this day you know as all this went down people had only positive just just incredibly positive things to say about him Um and I think that's how people are going to remember him as just being just such an incredible person as well as being the player he was.
0: Yeah, I I think, first off, that was very well, very, very well said, Corwin. Um, and I thank you for leading us into the segment on it. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what on earth I would say about this because I knew we were going to talk about it. Um, and, man, it's been fucking tough. Uh, f- first off, Kobe shared that. Uh, the helicopter crash in in which which took his life with uh, one of his daughters um, and then a couple of his daughter's friends whose parents were also on board who um, were prominent within their own communities as well dad was a a baseball coach and his son is actually a red sox prospect right now just want to give that mention as well um kobe Basketball was never really one of my sports, like Corwin said, but you still have feelings towards some of these guys. Like, I don't really care for basketball. I love LeBron James. Love LeBron James. I'll be sad when he retires, and I can't imagine something like this happening to him. I don't want to, but I know that like when his career ends, I will be genuinely disheartened because one of the the few times I do make a point of watching basketball games, it's because I love LeBron James because of what he, of who he is, of what he's done in his career as a player, as a and as a human being. Starting a school, being an exemplary member of his community, being just a great dad, and the first like kind of public figure like that, especially in the world of basketball, was Kobe Bryant. Uh, he had a reputation as being a really fierce competitor. The whole mamba mentality thing and that's true too you know and um that's something you hear athletes of every sport talking about is how how much they they take the mindset of Kobe Bryant to their respective sport even if it's not basketball because that's how seriously he took things is he talked about you know when he was first starting off he was on the bench because when you're a rookie like you always start on the bench And how people in his life would be like, no, like, man, you should be playing. Why aren't you playing? Your coach is an idiot. And you'd be like, no, my coach benched me for a reason. And it's my job to figure out what that reason is and get better at those things until I am starting. I got to earn it. He never wanted anything handed to him. And he's a guy that I know, you know, you always respected the hell out of and who you always either felt like you were rooting for him or against him because of the whole greatness factor, but a guy that you could always root for off the court. Dude fucking loved his family. He did a lot for his community and was always, always, as Corwin said, a great ambassador towards his sport and having someone like that really ripped away is terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds so fucking simplistic, and I, I know that's not a graceful thing because what else, how poetic can he get about something like this? But there's very few players like Kobe Bryant, not just in the way they played, because Michael Jordan is also a phenomenal basketball player of of his time. Michael Jordan's an asshole he's a well-regarded asshole Um, and then there's other people who just never wanted to be in the spotlight you know and if they were it's usually because they were they were kind of like cockier dudes nothing nothing wrong with it nothing wrong with being the Ali kind of dude but
1: Larry Bird comes to mind there as someone who you know didn't want to be yeah just you know not necessarily saying Larry Bird was an asshole but was one of those stars that didn't want to be the center of attention, didn't want to be, you know, the guy that everyone, you know, just different kind of mindset there.
0: Or, or Mike Trout for baseball.
1: Right. Um, Co- yeah, go ahead.
0: No, yeah. And and, and Kobe was, was always a guy that was very comfortable talking about like really early sports psychology stuff. Like when he was talking about his mentality and talking about what it meant for him to overcome things and what it meant for him to show other people how hard he was working in addition for himself, you know, like people have countless stories of like pulling up to a, a, the practice facility way stupid early in the morning, trying to get a solo practice session in to see Kobe already there practicing you know shooting free throws layups whatever the fuck and then they do their whole workout and he would st- keep just stay there keep doing it because he didn't he wanted to show you up he wanted to let you know that like he was putting in the the work he was going to do it and he did it for a long time
1: i think that he is the absolute pinnacle of the mindset that athletes should strive for to be the best for themselves, and making their team the best they could be. Um, I think his competitiveness is bar none, not only in basketball, but all of sports. I think his work ethic is bar none for anyone else in sports. And everything he did was not only to make himself better, but like you said, to make those around him want to work harder, want to better themselves, and to just compete harder. Um, You know, the Mamba mentality wasn't just for him, but it was also, you know, something he wanted to instill in, you know, in his daughters and in his teammates. And I think that's the reason why the Lakers with Kobe Bryant were so successful for so many years, because he was their leader. He was, you know, the leader in Los Angeles for a long, long time um and he was he was the face of the city um and i think he will be uh after this for a long time because because of everything he's done in los angeles
0: oh 100 he he really embodied the, the the spirit of that city like you said um mm-hmm. and it's tough uh among one of his other accolades I wanted to bring up, he he's also an Academy winner um, for his short film, Dear Basketball, uh, just to speak to his, his really, really loving this. This was not a means to an end. It was not his way of making money. He loved this. It was something he wanted to give to everybody. And um, man, it, it it just kills. He he had a few charity works. He was he was an official ambassador for After School All Stars, which is a non non uh, non profit organization um, for an after school program. Uh, he also started a a uh, China Fund, which, which helped bring uh, some relief to China. Uh, and he he did uh, a few other smaller things around the city of L.A. that he was very. Um, Just to try to help out the local communities around there and also in Philadelphia, like Corwin had said previously. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a huge hit to the sports world and to um, Los Angeles, to the community, um, and to women's basketball. He was a huge advocate for women's basketball, too. Mm -hmm. And you'll see if you spent any time on Twitter in the past week. Um, you'll see countless stories being told by people about how much he loved being a father to to daughters, and how much he loved getting them active in the sports world too. He was a huge NBA uh, WNBA advocate, and really just cared. Man, he just really cared.
1: Yeah, he um, I. You know, this is, goes without saying, but he will be missed by basketball and by fans of him for a very long time. And I, I don't think uh, anywhere in sports have we seen someone of his caliber go uh, and pass in such a way, in such a just com- completely blindsided and shocked by someone's passing quite like this this
0: um, this feels like our generation's roberto clemente
1: i agree i was definitely going to compare him to roberto uh, to clemente but i feel like he was on such a i would say he's on a very similar level as far as what he does outside of the sport um obviously roberto clemente is best known for the aid he delivered to uh, his home country of puerto rico Um, which is, you know, what caused his, you know, passing. Um, And I think what Kobe Bryant was beginning to do, was starting to do, has done for the past couple of years, is close to approaching that. But I think within the sport, he was on such another level of play. Um, I just i i I don't even know how to compare this to baseball. Um, I mean, this would be like losing someone like like a caliber of player like a Luke Gehrig almost, um or Mickey Mantle, just arguably you know, not the greatest of all time, but is someone that is always going to be right there in the conversation um yeah it's just it's so i mean three four days afterwards it's still just it doesn't feel real
0: no Um, it really it it really fucking doesn't that's it's it's so bizarre and it's not like i sat here and i thought about kobe bryant every day before before sunday you know it's not Mm -hmm. like i sat here thinking like man i'm really happy to have kobe bryant around you know, it's not like I'd, I'd be watching vintage Lakers games, um. But now that it's now that what's happened has happened, and now that we're living in the world we're living in, it's just you weren't expecting it to go down like
1: this. No, I I I, uh, I remember one interview. He um he said that if the next twenty years of his life were not as impactful as the past twenty years of his life. Speaking towards the, the twenty years he played in the NBA, then he'll consider that a failure, because he had so much more he wanted to do outside of basketball, to help those around him. Um, it's it's a it's a terrible shame that uh, we will miss out on, on, him and you know what he was trying to do. yeah um is there is there anything else you want to talk about with kobe i feel like you know we could we could end up talking about this for and just mourning this for for the next you know two hours um but i feel like uh you know keeping this short and sweet concise is uh you know probably what's best for everyone
0: yeah i i i'll close with 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 just a uh, a thought um, in in Judaism. Just to loop all that around, uh, the prayer you say uh, when when you're when you're mourning someone they call it the mourner's kaddish. It it really doesn't even really talk about death. It it talks about life to a large extent, and a lot of the the Jewish grieving process revolves around celebration and celebrating someone's someone's life um and that's how i think is, is is best to move forward especially in things like these because there's so much to be grateful for in regards to kobe bryant his playing career the examples he set with his personal life um and uh, his his philanthropic work as well as To feel grateful for in your own life, the people that you have near you and whatever it is you do to within your community, whether it's a lot or a little or you want to do more. What have you, there's, you know, take this as your time to celebrate who Kobe was and what he still will be and to look at yourself a little bit because uh, it's never, it's never, it's never too late to, to fix things up a little bit
1: mm-hmm well said well said you got anything i uh, know um kobe rest in peace uh you will uh, you will not be forgotten that's for sure
0: well then with that we're gonna get out of here we're, we're sorry to download but you were warned um <laughs> uh i think we joke around a lot in the show i know for a fact we do uh, and I know that a lot of our jokes are off color, but some things are just serious and will be treated as such. So um, if you want to follow the show, you know where to do it. I don't feel like it. Uh, and uh, we will talk again on Monday after the Super Bowl.
1: See you then.